Hey, I'm Frank Burton from the Ragbag Podcast. I've just published a new novel. It's called 100, and you are going to like it. There was a boy who lived alone in a hundred-story tower block in the dirty city. There was a girl who vomited cash. There was a man who had one of those dreams about having a dream. There was an electrical engineer who was in possession of a rare form of sleepwalking. It's weird, it's wild, it's wonderful, it's in paperback and ebook format on Amazon, but hey, you're audio people. So I've made you an audio book available for name your price that's name your price from frankburton.bandcamp.com that's frankburton.bandcamp.com and i know i'm biased because i wrote it but trust me this is going to Welcome to Ragbag's Bonus Bag. My name's Frank Burton. Here's the second of our best of episodes. This time, best of the shout-outs. And after you've heard all the wonderful Ragbag highlights, there's the Dodecahedron feature, a.k.a. tunes I haven't played on Ragbag yet, but should have done. It's a good one. It's a top tune. Enjoy. Shout out to Sven Grimm, who's currently backpacking across East Asia. This is from your next door neighbour, Agnes. She said, you left your bathroom light on, did you mean to do that? Enjoy your travels. Craig says, can you do a shout out to my dad? Come on man, it's been seven years, how about a phone call once in a while? Or a thank you note for the aftershave. Reagan in Texas has been in touch to say, do you like jam? What kind of jam, Reagan? I'll await your response. Shout out to Elaine, who's currently serving a six-month prison sentence for GBH. Hope it's going well. She says a big hello to her cellmate Susan, who's doing two consecutive life sentences for multiple kidnapping charges. Ouch! Listen, keep your head down, ladies. Stay out of trouble. You'll be out of there in no time. This is going well, isn't it? I like it. This is a good show. Now, a word about these shout-outs. That thing that I wrote on the website about how to get in touch, that was a humorous remark. All I said was get in touch via Twitter, Facebook or Carrier Pigeon. Did I need to put a smiley face next to it or something? Anyway, Alexander has been in touch via Carrier Pigeon with a scribbled note saying, please can you play Long Train Running by the Doobie Brothers? No, I can't. Also, Alexander, How did you get my address? I've never made it public. I wouldn't do that. I'd never share anyone's private address. And what am I supposed to do with this pigeon now? It's built a nest in my roof. Shout out to Mr. Spam and his girlfriend Denise. You'll never guess what, says Mr. Spam. Denise is actually a nickname, whereas I am literally called Mr. Spam. It's on my birth certificate. Well, I assume your birth certificate says Master Spam, but anyway. What's Denise's real name? What kind of nickname is Denise? That's totally freaked me out. Stop it. There's a small handful of death threats. Feel free to keep these coming. We can make it a regular feature. First up, it's a message for Judy Fix from your sister Mary. Hands off my man, unless you want to lose them. 
And if cutting your hands off doesn't kill you, I'll finish the job with my bare hands. You misspelled the word bear there, Mary. B-A-R-E, unless that's some kind of in-joke between the pair of you. I sadly suspect joking is now over. Next, Johan in Copenhagen says, Glenn Carlo, just so we're clear when I said I was going to smother you in your sleep, I definitely meant it. This third death threat appears to have been directed at me. Frank, I heard episode one and still can't get over the sound of your voice. If you insist on continuing with this ill-advised music podcast, he's put music in inverted commas, there's no need for that. If you insist on continuing with this ill-advised music podcast, trust me, you will be dead before episode three. I can't take this seriously. It's very badly punctuated for a start. Shout out to my old school friend, Doug Strait. He's currently stranded in Rio de Janeiro. He says, I've run into a spot of bother with the authorities and require a wire transfer of 27,000 US dollars. Listen, I'd love to help, but I'm strapped myself at the moment, man. I'll play you some funky house later. Maybe that's your thing. If anyone's got 27,000 US dollars to spare, send it along to me. I'll make sure Doug gets it. He also adds, I'll pay you back tenfold on my release. So it's a sound investment opportunity as well as a good deed. Hello to Stefan Sank. I know your secret. Don't worry, I won't say it out loud. Mum's the word. Sorry, did I say the word mum? It's part of the secret, isn't it, Stefan? I won't say any more. It's already getting libelous. Just to be clear, I'm not implying that Stefan and his mother have some kind of Oedipal thing going on. They don't. Stefan's secret is much worse than that. Reagan in Texas has been back in touch. He contacted me last edition asking whether I like jam. I asked him to clarify which type. He's texted a one-word response. Loganberry. Interesting. I've never actually tried Loganberry jam, Reagan. Why are you asking anyway? Do you have a batch that you're hoping to get rid of? I'll happily take some off your hands. Let me know. I can DM you my private address. Just make sure it's securely packaged. You'll be shipping internationally. Anyone else have any jam they'd like to give me? This show isn't crowdfunded or anything. The least you can do is give me some jam. There's probably a music-based pun in there somewhere. Write your own. Herbert Drool has been in touch to say peace and love to all ragbag listeners. Let's bring this world of ours closer together and quit all the hate. Nice sentiments. You may not have gathered this yet, Herbert, but when someone sends me a shout out request, I like to vet them a little, yeah? I couldn't help notice a few of your Facebook posts. I'll give you an example, 17th of February. Herbert writes, A dude cut me up in traffic this morning and I had an overwhelming urge to barge him right off the road and do a runner. Luckily for him, I noticed his baby on board sticker and couldn't bring myself to do that to a youngster. Later on, I overtook him and couldn't help noticing the empty child seat in the back. Evidently, his baby was elsewhere at the time man I should have killed him while I had the chance he continues and another thing they should make it illegal for motorists to display a baby on board sticker when there's no baby in the car it's blatant false advertising peace and love Herbert peace and love
So we're on episode three, and already the online conspiracy theories are mounting. There seems to be a small group of listeners out there who are convinced I'm recording these podcasts from prison. It's not true, but it interests me that I somehow gave you that impression. What do you think I did? As anyone who knows me will tell you, I've only ever been in prison once. Another story for another time. Maybe it'll accidentally slip out in a future edition. A big thank you to Reagan from Texas for the shipment of Loganberry Jam. Absolutely exquisite, my friend. It's made this whole experience worthwhile. Uh, I suppose I ought to thank everyone else who's taken it upon themselves to send me the homemade jam. I do appreciate the gesture, guys. I was kind of being flippant when I asked people to send me their jam. I honestly can't figure out whether these are truly heartfelt gifts or if it's like pity jam or something. In any case, I must say some ragbag listeners are really bad at making jam. I hope you realise that. I don't mean to single you out, Karen Gruber, but your attempted blueberry preserve is vile to the point at which I began to suspect this was some kind of deliberate personal insult. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and assume that you are entirely well-meaning and just happen to be incredibly bad at making jam. I assume you're a very nice person. I'm not questioning that. Just find another means of expressing your appreciation. Sounds ungrateful, I know. Harsh but fair. Belinda Ishmael drives a car with a license plate that closely resembles the word Kremlin. She reckons it isn't personalised. What's she hiding? Stevie Breck claims to have invented his own language. Sad news, Stevie. You haven't. I know you spent seven and a half years meticulously rewriting the dictionary, but it's just anagrams. It doesn't count. Miguel Franz from Lisbon, I'm on to you. We're not Facebook friends, but your profile is publicly viewable. Now that's enough bragging about your bedroom activities online. That's no way to talk about the mother of your future child. Oh, you uh, you didn't know about that, did you? Trust me, my research is accurate and I'm rarely wrong in these matters. Just talk to her, Miguel. Treat her nicely. Congratulations on the unexpected turn of events. And don't try to deny it's yours, like you usually do. I've taken the liberty of saving the screenshots of your status updates, just in case they mysteriously disappear. I know what you're going to say, Miguel. What's it got to do with you, stranger? Nothing, I suppose. Stay away from Miguel France. One more thing, Miguel. That one child of yours, whose existence you do acknowledge... The one you claim to care about? Oh, the irony, Miguel. Talk to the mother. Get some tests done, that's all I'm saying. I'll leave it at that. Now here's a bit of fun, folks. Sonny from Wolverhampton's been in touch with a message for his friend Dynamo. He says, Pineapple, pineapple, coal mine, forte, cologne, wooden, wooden pineapple, breeze, breeze, hefner, Baptist Slime, Piccadilly Slime, Pineapple, Fargo meme. Presumably, Dynamo, you've been able to decode that message, and I'm sure it's hilarious. 
Maybe it's a joke at my expense. I'm all for it, staying on the side of good taste, of course. My only concern, and call me paranoid if you like, is that maybe I've become unwittingly involved in some kind of criminal activity. Have I just passed on some kind of drug smuggler's rendezvous points? It's an ingenious ruse if that's the case. Why bother with a dark web when you can communicate via a coded shout-out? Great stuff anyway. Keep it coming. Someone once told me I was terrible at taking compliments. I said, yes, you're right. Because I'm very good at taking criticism. Edith Blackmore gives Ragbag a generous three out of five stars. She says, patchy at best and utterly bewildering at the worst. I appreciate your feedback, Edith. I'm making no changes to the show whatsoever, mind you. Shout out to the conspiracy theorists. You know who you are. It turns out the best way to fuel the fire of a good crackpot theory is to deny that it's true. And it's not true. I'm not recording this podcast in prison because I'm not in prison. I could easily prove that too, but it amuses me that an increasing number of listeners believe I'm secretly incarcerated. So why spoil their fun? So what I'll do instead is repeat the denial. Let's see what evidence they come up with next. You know how this died, right? Someone detected an echo, some kind of reverb in the first episode that suggested that I was in a cell of some kind. Now it's got to the point where someone's found a press cutting with a picture of a white-collar fraudster, Jacques Blanc. He's Belgian and he's in jail in Belgium. I've never even been to Belgium personally, but credit where it's due. You've done your research and he does look remarkably like me. I assume he doesn't sound like me though. Are you assuming Jacques Blanc speaks with an English accent? I've done my research too folks. English is Jacques Blanc's third language, which he mainly picked up from watching American movies. According to former colleagues in the business community, when he uses the English language, his voice bears a striking resemblance to Bruce Willis. My favourite piece of tenuous evidence comes from some genius posting under the name Sasquatch. Hello Sasquatch. Sasquatch reckons I'm definitely from mainland Europe because the Ragbag podcast has, a, and I quote, a distinct European influence. Oh yeah? Six continents, pal. change the subject Daffy in Berlin has been in touch he said I found out one of the idiots who used to bully me at school died of a heart attack last year I know you're not supposed to say things like this but I was so pleased I chuckled all weekend the anniversary will be August the 14th I realise it's probably in bad taste but I'll be partying hard that day Perhaps you could spread the word among your Berlin-based listeners. If anyone fancies coming to help me dance on the scumbag's grave, please visit the official Facebook page. Bad taste it may be, Daffy, but harmless fun, I suppose. Enjoy your special day. A big, big thank you to Reagan from Texas for yet another large shipment of delicious Loganberry jam. I honestly can't believe you've invested this much time and money. I mean, the financial cost alone. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to respectfully ask you to cease operations as of now. The trouble is you're producing and sending the jam at a much faster rate than I can eat it. And it's much too nice for me to even consider sharing with anyone else. Let's just quit while we're ahead. Otherwise you'll end up bankrupt or succumbing to some work-related injury. And I'll end up with diabetes. This was fun while it lasted. 
As for the rest of you, I thought I made it clear in the last edition. Please stop sending me your vile concoctions. I'm going to have to start throwing it away without sampling it first because I'm literally getting sick of your foul homemade jam, if indeed that's what it is. Some of these packages don't even contain a note. I don't know who sent this stuff or what they want from me. Stop doing it. I understand you're probably trying to pay me a compliment, but I think we've established I'm no good at accepting compliments. Get over it. Right now, Dynamo has been in touch with a message back to his friend Sonny in Wolverhampton. He says, Streep, Stepford, Boogie, Parlance, Gorilla, Sunset, Dazzle, Placed, Cushioned, Mitford, Muddled Sky. Profound words, Dynamo. I mean, I still suspect I've unwittingly become involved in some kind of criminal activity with these coded messages of yours, but I'll, I'll take it at face value. Kim from Auckland has been in touch to try and reassure me in these matters. She says, don't accuse your listeners of passing coded criminal messages to one another when clearly it's harmless wordplay. What should concern you more is that half the songs you play are sung in languages you don't personally speak. Have you even bothered to check you're not broadcasting far-right propaganda? How do you know that's not my intention in the first place, Kim? It's not my intention, obviously, but unfortunately, I've just denied it, which is playing straight into the hands of the conspiracy nuts. I'm not a Nazi, okay? Denial made. So I was bragging last time about playing tunes from six different continents and I kind of implied that there aren't any decent records coming out of Antarctica. Didn't mean to be controversial guys. Bing Trick has requested a shout out. Bing Trick and the Captain Oates Massive based in a research station on the South Pole. Bing and his crew recently released their own grime album. Bing sent it along my way. I'll be honest, Bing, I didn't make it past the first couple of tracks. Not good, I'm afraid. Stick to the science. We got music from all over the globe this edition yet again, but not Antarctica. If anyone else reckons they know of any great underground music from that part of the world, please don't send it to me. Shout out to the West Midlands Police. They were in touch recently regarding a couple of coded messages I recently read out on this show, which are now being used as evidence in a drug smuggling case. I'll be appearing in court as a witness in due course. I appreciate your patience, understanding and professionalism. Thank you. Casey Abdul beatboxes in the shower. He has no interest in taking it up professionally, despite his friend's insistence that his act is world class. Casey's housemate Marvin has been in touch, having secretly recorded one of his friend's bathroom sessions. He says, Frank, I'm sure you'll agree this performance needs to be heard beyond these four walls. Play this on your podcast and make Casey an overnight star. How many people do you think listen to this, Marvin? I would need the artist's consent anyway. It's a shame because it's possibly the greatest five minutes of audio I've ever encountered. I've never been moved emotionally by a beatboxer before the way he's using the rhythm of the falling water. It's like he's paying attention to each individual droplet. Amazing. Sorry no one else can hear it. 
and something very heartwarming for you here. It's a marriage proposal. Duncan in Alaska says, Maria Sands, we've only known each other for three short years, but it feels like a lifetime. That's a compliment, I presume, Duncan. Would you do me the pleasure of becoming my good wife? Sounds like you've got another one stashed away somewhere. I assume you've just opted for an unhelpful turn of phrase there, Duncan. One small word of advice. If you're going to be one of those couples who writes their own vows, I suggest you get someone to proofread it for you. An unintentional implication of bigamy is fine for a proposal, but could drop like a lead balloon during a marriage service. I'm sure the registrar will run through it all with you. It's frowned upon, that's all I'm saying. Anyway, congratulations, guys. I assume the answer is yes. If that's the case, this next track is dedicated to you two lovebirds. Birthday greetings to Hannibal Birch. He'll be 14,000 days old on March the 27th, otherwise known as 38 and a bit. Great to hear you've hit that milestone. Susan Wheel is 17 years old in dog years. Happy birthday, Susan. Go nuts. And here's the icing on the cake, so to speak. Carlos Belter will be exactly 7 billion seconds old in a simple matter of two and a half years time he's asked me for a birthday shout out in advance more than happy to do that carlos i do hope this fledgling slow fledgling slow fledgling slow i do hope this fledgling show still exists in two and a half years time i'll set myself a reminder you'll be getting a special birthday message in a future edition. Presumably, at some point in the future, your number of seconds on this earth will equal the planet's human population. Just for a heartbeat, obviously. It sounds like that ought to mean something, but it doesn't. It's meaningless. Anything to do with birthdays is meaningless. It's an arbitrary system of measurement. Sorry to put a dampener on your birthday wishes and all that, but it needs saying. Stop telling me about your pointless birthdays. I'm not interested. Alright, let's do some death threats. I realise we haven't run this feature for a few weeks. Now, come on, guys. This was supposed to be a regular slot. You have to work with me on this. I can't read these things out every time unless there's enough of them. Show some commitment to the idea, please. Reno Stewart says, Uncle Pete, your days are numbered and not because you're 87. I'd rather see the look in your eyes as I slowly strangle you than let nature take its course. P.S. Genuine thanks for the whiskey last Christmas. Thoughtful. Lindsay Menthol says, Just a heads up, guys. I figured out how I'm going to poison my husband, and by the time you read this, it will already be too late. Not technically a death threat there, Lindsay. More of an admission of guilt. As yet, I have no plans for a regular admission of guilt feature. But um, actually, that does sound like fun. Get in touch, why not? Get in touch with your admissions of guilt, guys. The more bizarre, the better. We'll run that next time. Why not? One final death threat for now. Directed at me uh, this time. 
You've been in touch before, haven't you? I recognise you. Yes, I see where you're coming from. Frank, you are extremely lucky to be alive. Shut down your online presence immediately or face the consequences. Breeding this out on your so-called podcast will only hasten your demise. You're a very strange man. I will say that. Are you, are you saying this, uh, this isn't even a podcast now? What do you think it is? Seriously. I'm intrigued. Enlighten me. Get back in touch again, please. Now, Barry from Swansea has been in touch. He says, I found it very heartwarming to hear a proposal of marriage on your last edition. Congratulations to the happy couple. It gave me an idea of my own. I'd like to tell my girlfriend, Margaret, that I wish to dump her to smithereens. Mixing your metaphors a little there, Brian. He goes on to say, You've done nothing specifically wrong. It's simply a case that all things considered, you don't cut the proverbial mustard. Margaret, I think I can confidently state you are better off without this man in your life. If it's a mustard cutting contest, Barry, don't assume you'll win. Many thanks to everyone who responded to my suggestion for the new feature, Admissions of Guilt. An unprecedented response. I was duty-bound to refer a number of the responses on to the relevant authorities. Special thanks to Gustav Peking of Interpol for your patience and understanding. Let's crack on with the messages I'm legally allowed to broadcast. Len Mulch says, One good Friday... I broke into my parents' locked drinks cabinet, stole their secret stash of Easter eggs, ate the whole damn lot, and blamed it on the cat. On Easter Sunday, I was presented with a brand new selection of chocolate, even greater than the one I'd initially devoured. I was sick as a duck, which seemed to be an appropriate dose of natural justice at the time. But years later, when my parents passed away, you know what my first thought was? I thought, was it right that they never learnt the truth about those eggs? Now, don't be too hard on yourself there, Len. Let's just agree that pretty much every wrong move a young person makes can get written off when they reach the age of, say, 21. Clean slate after that. You want to mess about after that? Stay out of my way for a start. Wayne says, I've been stealing my girlfriend's small change ever since we got together six months ago. Never in large amounts, just the odd coin here and there. An average of a pound a day, which makes a profit of around 175 quid, all of which I spent on myself. I notice you're 23 years old, Wayne. Your aforementioned clean slate has been tarnished beyond repair. No apology, however sincere, will make up for that. You're nothing to me, Wayne. You're slime, alright? Unsubscribe this instant. I am enjoying this new feature of ours. All good stuff. One final admission of guilt from Marvin. It's all men, isn't it? It's all men. Coincidence, I'm sure. Marvin says, I lost my sister's four-year-old daughter while I was out shopping. I was too busy flirting with a shop assistant to notice her running off. That's hardly your fault, is it, Marvin? It was the child who ran away. And as you rightly said yourself, you were busy. The thing is, these kids need to learn that sometimes adults have got a lot on their plate and are getting lost or kidnapped or whatever happens to be part of the learning curve. You shouldn't necessarily see that as a negative. Tell your sister that from me if she's still annoyed. I mean, I do hope the child turned up in the end. Keep your admissions of guilt coming. There's 
make this a regular event. Hey, Hayden Wing Tang, seriously, it's time to stop feeling so guilty about that thing that happened with your brother-in-law. You know what I mean. Get on with your life, okay? I mean, it totally was your fault and everything. That was a stupid place to put a chair. But accidents happen and no one really liked him anyway, least of all his wife. I know a, a life is a life and all that, but you know, he was, he was annoying. My point is, you can't let the guilt of what happened take over your life, okay? Feel good about it, yeah? Feel good about it. Man, that was profound, even by my standards. I should start charging a fee for this service. I really should. I'll dedicate this tune to you anyway, Hayden. I know it's a drum and bass track and you don't like drum and bass, but be grateful for it. Get what you're given. Let's kick off with some death threats, guys. Uh, Peel in Rome says, Mary Marie, your death will be instant and painless, unlike our torturous relationship. RIP in advance. End Times Warrior says, watch out Hyde Park 17th of July, hashtag death to the infidel. Listen, mate. Putting a hashtag in a direct message is literally pointless. You've completely misunderstood the purpose of hashtags there. Get it right. And good luck with the event you're organising in July. I'm not sure I fully understood your message, but anyway, all the best. Julianne in Ecuador says, Ferdinand, my dear, you have fulfilled every possible useful purpose. Time to meet your predecessors on the other side. That means I'm going to kill you, by the way. Yes, Julianne, we got that. A reluctant hello to Brian in Wellington, who's literally emailed me every day for the past two weeks, asking for a shout-out to his friend Kevin. That's all it says. Seriously. Can you do a shout-out to my friend Kevin? I'm saying this for your own good as well as mine, Brian. I'm not doing a shout out to your friend Kevin you haven't bothered offering me any interesting story or any notable detail about Kevin at all which leads me to suspect he's a deeply boring person I can't just read out these bland tokenistic gestures of goodwill for one thing this podcast tends to attract a very discerning type of listener if I were to offer even one dull shout out They'll be unsubscribing in their droves. I don't actually know what a drove is, but I'm, I'm sure you get my meaning, Brian. I might as well stick on a series of Ed Sheeran covers and have done with it. If you do indeed have anything interesting to say about your friend, please do get in touch, but just the once, say, eh? Not daily. Thank you. I'm a little behind on some of my correspondence, so I still have a whole stack of messages relating to something that happened back in episode 4, the Six Continent special, if you remember that one. So back in episode 4, we had a message from a listener who claimed to have seen a mountain goat driving a car along a motorway in northwest England. It's funny the subjects that turn out to be controversial, isn't it? I just thought this was a fun story to which the strongest possible reaction ought to be, well, fancy that. Turns out I might as well have started a campaign to posthumously pardon Slobodan Milosevic or something. The vitriol I've received from the unbelievers. I'll give you an example. Trent in Zimbabwe says, if you genuinely believe this story, you're the worst kind of idiot. An idiot who considers himself the smartest guy in the room. For one thing, Trent, I'm sitting in an empty room. 
I consider myself both the smartest and the stupidest guy in this room by default. On the flip side, I've had a number of voices speaking up in defence of the driving mountain goats. James in Peking says, I once cycled past a mountain goat riding a unicycle. I wanted to take a picture, but by the time I'd taken my phone out, the goat had sped off round the corner, pedalling at a hell of a pace. I'm not saying this story is definitely true, but think about it. Mountain goats do have very good balance. They're well known for that. Dylan in Watford says, I once walked past a construction site and noticed at the top of a section of scaffolding were three or four builders hard at work accompanied by a mountain goat wearing a hard hat. I couldn't see what the goat was doing, but later I couldn't help wondering if they'd somehow trained the animal to work with concrete or something. The following day I made a point of taking the same route. When I reached the construction site, I crept up as close as I could to the half-built block and called to one of the builders. Excuse me, I said. Yeah, said the guy. Just wondering. What's the deal with a mountain goat? What mountain goat, he said. I've got hundreds more of these. Maybe I should gather all the best ones together and next time we can do a whole mountain goat special. Hang on, I'm getting a voice in my head now saying don't do it. Um, I will listen to that voice. Now we just about got time to get properly stuck into our brand new feature, Admissions of Guilt. Benjamin Bleep says, at school I used to set off the fire alarm in order to avoid doing football practice every single week. My best friend Malcolm took the blame. He was expelled and it ruined his life. He's my best friend to this day. I was best man at his wedding. I can't tell him. I never will. His name isn't really Malcolm. My name isn't really Benjamin Bleep. It wasn't really a fire alarm, and it wasn't football practice. It's something much worse than that. Benjamin, rest assured you can say whatever you want. This is a safe space, yeah? Now get back in touch and tell us all the mucky details. Everyone wants to know exactly what went on, okay? Get in touch. Trevor says, I've been cheating on my wife for the last 15 years with a wide variety of partners and I'll tell you what, it's done my marriage no harm whatsoever. Mainly because the people I'm cheating with don't really exist and it's all in my imagination. Tell me I'm not the only person who's ever done this. You're not Trevor, you're not. Trevor, it's all men again isn't it? It was the same last time. We have plenty of female listeners. Will you try introducing a feature called Admissions of Guilt and for some reason it only appeals to blokes. Coincidence, that's what it is, coincidence. Sam has been in touch. Sam could be a woman but I've seen his profile picture and he's not. So Sam says, I must confess, I have terrible taste in music. I really do try to appreciate the stuff you play on Ragbag, but all I really want to do is rock out to New Kids on the Block. You're alright Sam, no one's judging. Well, the music snobs probably are, and I am a bit too, but you know, safe space, well done. Well done everyone. Let's get some women in next time, shall we? Shout out to Mark Whalesong. He says, Frank, I'm wondering if you can tell me the origins of the word nincompoop. Have you mistaken me for Answer Me This or, or a similar podcast to that? Um, or have you simply been getting confused between podcasts and search engines? The fact that you emailed me suggests that you do have internet access. Trust me, if you genuinely don't know what a search engine is, you're in for a real treat. I 
promise you that, a real treat. Try um, www.google.com. That's uh, G O G L E, like the number, Google. It'll save you a lot of time. Anyway, seeing as you asked, I looked into it and have discovered that the word nincompoop is of unknown origin. That's a shame, isn't it? It does seem like the sort of word that would have, you know, an interesting and quirky story behind it. Apparently not. Just as well this isn't going to be a regular feature. And that's not your cue to start inundating me with emails about the origins of words. I'm a source of wisdom, guys, not factual information. Reagan from Texas has been in touch. Hey, Reagan, of course I remember you, obviously, the jam guy. Sorry it didn't work out with our little arrangement with the jam and all that. Um, I do, I still think about it sometimes. That was good jam. Anyway, nothing to do with jam. Reagan doesn't even mention it in his email. Water under the bridge, clearly. Reagan's actually been in touch asking for advice. Always happy to help my good friend. He says, Frank, I need some tips on coping with rejection. There's a guy who I was a big fan of, but I think I scared him off, having come on a little too strong, perhaps. He made it clear he's no longer interested in what I have to offer. It hurts. What can I do to turn things around? Well, first of all, I must say, this guy of yours sounds like an absolute grade A idiot. I guarantee if you contact this guy again, he'll be like, Hey, Reagan, good to hear from you. Sorry it didn't work out. You're still in my thoughts. He's full of it, mate. Better off severing all ties with this low life right now. And you may be tempted to take revenge on him somehow for breaking your heart like that. Don't act on those impulses, not 100% anyway. I recommend a good quality, low-level revenge attack. Order a pizza to come to his house. Cash on delivery. It'll freak him out a bit. But he won't feel like he's being victimised and you're unlikely to get arrested for it. But go on. Do it. It'll make you feel a bit better. Hope that helps. Galahad has been in touch to say, Yo, Kenny, you got any dubstep? Yes, I do, Galahad. Shed loads. Although, not necessarily this time. Did you just call me Kenny? It's not my name. I announced my name clearly at the start of each episode. Please do go back and listen. There's only one radio personality with that name that I can think of, and he's been dead for many years. Like, dubstep wasn't even a thing back then. I'm not offended that you got my name wrong, Galahad. I'm just concerned that somebody else will be. Clearly, you're the sort of person who temporarily forgets a person's name, and then instead of looking into it, you just pick an alternative at random and say it with such confidence that for a moment, even the person you're addressing thinks, is that my name? Is my name Kenny? There's been a little bit too much of this kind of shenanigans lately, listeners. It's getting to a point where I'm seriously considering imposing financial penalties. You get my name wrong, it's a £20 fine, or the equivalent in international currencies. I won't discriminate based on geography, as you know. As a matter of fact, and make it fairer, I'm more than happy to implement a system of means-tested fines. You pay what you can reasonably afford. And funnily enough, I did take a look into your personal circumstances there, Galahad. Not your real name, as it transpires, Neil. Not doing too badly for yourself, by all accounts. Congratulations on that recent promotion. Based on your estimated income and expenditure, I'd say you can easily manage £150 as a reasonable sum for getting my name wrong. I'll send you the PayPal link, it's a one-off, we'll say no more about it. 
first of all, shout out to everyone who continues to contribute to the ongoing Mountain Goat saga. If you're new to the show, a listener got in touch way back in episode 4 to tell me about having witnessed what she believed was a mountain goat driving a car on the M6 motorway. This matter has very little to do with me anymore, I'm just a messenger boy. In fact, thankfully, a lot of the people who are arguing about it on social media probably don't even know what Ragbag is, and I very much like to keep things that way. There's a hashtag if you want to follow the debate. Actually, there's several, because aptly enough, these people can't even agree on a neat little phrase to summarise the argument. Some people are calling it goat driver, others are calling it motor goat. Some are saying MGC, which apparently stands for Mountain Goat Controversy. But sadly that also stands for Machine Gun Corps, which confuses things. It also stands for Malvern Girls College. You know, the girls college in Malvern. And inevitably they've been inadvertently copied into some of these bizarre debates. I don't think it's particularly ethical to involve these innocent parties. Poor girls, leave them alone. Shout out to Trina Bedhead, who's been in touch to say, What's the deal with these tomatoes? Tomato? Tomato. What's the deal with these tomatoes? Why do people keep nicknaming them with names of other fruits? I mean, cherry tomatoes, plum tomatoes, they're not cherries. They're not plums, they're tomatoes. It's really, really simple. You wouldn't do that with other fruits. There are no banana melons. There are no apple strawberries. Trina's come up with a long list of these. I won't read them all out. You get the point. Listen, Trina, I don't know what you're getting at here. Get over it. I realise this is supposed to be a submission for our wonderful new feature, Neutralising Gripes. But you know what? I love you but I can't bring myself to neutralise your gripe because I don't think this is really affecting your life in any way. Forgive me if I'm wrong, Trina, but I think you're trying to be funny. And there's absolutely no place for humour on this show. I have no need for it, and neither should you. You should be grateful you didn't get a fine. Now it's time to neutralise some gripes. Benny in Trinidad says, I have a gripe relating to Anglo-American film and TV. Why, oh why, are we expected to believe everyone in Europe speaks English with an English accent regardless of geography or indeed history? I'll give you a few examples. Alexander the Great, English with an English accent. Nazi war criminal, English with an English accent. 18th century French peasantry. English with an English accent. It's listed about 45 other examples. We get the point, Benny. Yes, it is annoying, isn't it? I agree. The good news is, I'm here to neutralize your gripe. Next time you hear the word aquamarine, that's your gripe neutralized. Listen out for that. Gretel in Edinburgh says, I have a big problem with the word palindrome. Why do we have to call it that? They should have made it a palindrome. Like paninilap or something. Much more suitable, wouldn't you say? Gretel, I'm not sure if you need to neutralise this gripe of yours. I've come up with a solution yourself. Write a nice, polite letter to the Oxford English Dictionary people. Good luck getting your case forward. I like the word paninilap. It's good. Let me know if you need any help, I'll back you all the way. You're right, this totally should have made it a palindrome. Shoddy, shoddy work on their part, whoever they are. Anyway, that particular gripe will be neutralised as soon as you hear the following word. Zanzibar. That's right, you heard me correctly. Zanzibar, listen out for it. Gunther in Oslo says... Don't mind a bit of rain, don't mind a bit of snow, but sleet absolutely does mind nothing. Please get rid of it, Lazarus. Well, thank you for calling me Lazarus, Gunther, very respectful of you. From the way you've worded this, I get the impression you've mistaken me for some kind of miracle worker. 
Not the first time that's happened, and I'm flattered, but just to be clear, I cannot get rid of sleet. All I can do is change the way you feel about it, and believe you me, you will feel different about this matter as soon as you hear the following word, limpet. Listen out for it, limpet. Big shout out to the conspiracy theorists. It's been a while. They kind of gave up on the idea that I was podcasting from prison around the time I started posting YouTube videos. And I do admire your style, guys, because you never admit you're wrong, do you? You just change the subject. And that's what you've done. You've started a whole new theory that there's a mysterious, sinister agenda behind none other than Corrugated Metal Club. I can see where you're coming from, guys. It really is, you know, it's a secret organisation of enthusiasts meeting up in an undisclosed location. So I can see why you might think corrugated metal is a code word for something else. I mean, it's not. But I can see why you think it might be, you know. And there's various suggestions. There's a whole Reddit discussion, which you can check out if you have way too much time on your hands. Um, Angel Dust suggests corrugated metal might be a euphemism for some kind of illegal substance. Nice try. Someone calling themselves Harold Steptoe suggests more specifically corrugated metal is our way of saying illegally smuggled tobacco. Close, but as they say, no cigar. Not even close to be fair, you're way off. My favourite though has to be Stanley's ghost, who theorises that the sole purpose of Corrugated Metal Club is total world domination. You know what, Stanley's ghost, I rather object to your choice of alias, assuming that's what it is. I mean, it could be some kind of double barrel thing like Tim Berners-Lee, but I suspect not bit too soon pal that's all I'm saying but the fact that you think so highly of me that I somehow gave you the impression that I was capable of achieving what was it again total world domination I admire your chutzpah good that wasn't it now it's time for the dodecahedron feature aka tune of the week aka tunes I should have played on Ragbag but haven't yet. In this case, there's a very good reason why I haven't played this tune on the podcast yet. I've only just discovered it. That's a good reason, right? I'll tell you what is a good tune from an absolutely brilliant album. The artist is Elias Deepman. The album is called Life From Mars and I highly recommend it. And this particular track is called Living In Stereo.
Thank you for listening. Another Ragbag special best of episode will be on next week at some point. In the meantime, please do check out my other stuff. I have two books out, A History of Sarcasm and 100. 100 is also available as an audiobook, as you will have heard at the start of the show. I'm just telling you again, because you haven't downloaded it yet, and you're going to have to do that from Bandcamp, okay? Also check out my uh, website, frankburton.co.uk. I think we've covered all bases there. Enjoy yourselves. is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more.